Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Ooh. There you go. You've been practicing. Like and you can, you can, that's when, uh, like, when you see people rat, rattling for bucks and yep. calling for bucks and making noise, now's the time of the year that that works because they're not thinking much other than the three F's. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 46. Today is November the 8th, and we are facing you this time. <laughs> I'm I'm Gus. Which for and this is awkward. Yep. The first time doing this, uh, somebody requested, so, so we're going to throw some comments around and ask people to uh, tell us if this is the way or if the other way was the way. But at least this way we're talking to you now instead of each other, which is what we were supposed to be doing, talking to each other, but that's fine. I can keep looking over this way. While we give you the nightly news. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. All right. I don't have, that would have been funny. If I... Anyways. Um... <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. The new way we're doing this now, instead of popping a bottle episode is, is we, I have a lot of opened whiskey. So I've gone through, I bought like a 50 pack of these, uh, you know, the little ship, little mini bottle things. Yeah. And I just pour stuff in there. So they have a number related to them and Yeah. So it's like, well, just, we have no idea what we're drinking because I just, there's a ton of them. So we just grabbed two and I forgot glasses. So we're going to have to split these between bottles. Yeah. So we're going to be drinking out of little mini bottles this whole <laughs> episode. It's fine. Which is fun. As you can tell, my sobriety didn't last long. Long enough. Sobriety, you can just be. I made it, less... I made it seven days and then Halloween happened. Yeah. Halloween, Halloween does that. Um, you could always just. I don't know. Drink less. I do drink less. I don't drink that much. No, I just mean, I mean, you were going, never mind. Okay. You were, you were, you were doing a dry month. Yeah. I think, no, we're doing a dry month in January for sure. Plan okay. on it. All right. Plan on it. Well, okay. I don't know. Cause there's duck hunting in January. It may be tough. <sighs> is there really ever a right time to do a dry month? Just whenever you, whenever you can stick to your guns. I don't know when that is. By by you, I mean as people, as like, not you. When could you stick to your guns? Whenever. You could take a month off whenever? Yeah. I could. Yeah, I guess I could too. You just have to want to do it. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't want to do it. Oh, okay, let me go. <laughs> so we uh, we want you to know that if you need any kind of firearm or firearm accessories, 
that you can go to shop.gmarmory.com and visit our friends at Gun Monkeys and use code whiskey and save $30 on anything you buy. Anything. And guns are a lot like um, TVs. Like, we both worked in the electronics world. Yeah. Not a lot of markup on this. So, no. getting any money off is pretty pretty good. Yep. Pretty good. Gun shops make their money on accessories and ammo, I think. I don't know about the ammo yeah, part. Yeah, ammo's but, hard to... Yeah. I bet you gun shops don't, like... I don't know, it's probably like uh, gas stations don't make money on gas. Yeah. They yeah. want you to buy candy bars and, and monster energy <laughs> drinks. Yeah. Yeah. The other friend that you should check out is Dom Gatto, domgattophoto.com. He's also, actually, both Dom Gatto, well, I guess, is he part owner? Part owner of what? Is Josh part owner of Gun Monkeys? I'm, I actually don't know. I don't know either, but, well, for this instance, he is. Super involved. Yeah, super involved. He's definitely there a lot. Uh, both of these fine gentlemen are also members of our Patreon. That's right. how much they support us. But domgottafoto.com, use code which you save 20% off, which is a large amount for saving money on art. Uh, art Photography, yeah. yeah. And he just got back. He's got some killer photos he just took in Georgia. So yeah. he's got some cool stuff up on there. Up on there. The stuff that he showed the whole time he was showing stuff, I was like, ah, oh, what's he not showing? Yeah. He sent me a couple and was like, these are going to be bangers. Nice. And lastly, thanks to um, Black Rifle Coffee for sending us a care package. We appreciate it. Yeah. There's a hat in there that I forgot. Otherwise, I'd probably wear it. Some shirts for my kids. Yep. Kids wear mediums. Because they're not going to fit my fat ass. Yeah, I can't wear a medium. (laughs) I had this theory that, because when when I knew it was coming, I was like, I wonder if they're going to ship stuff for us or if they're just going to be like, we can't sell this shit, so here. (laughs) That's probably what it was. The hat's nice, though. I like the hat. Yep, appreciate it. We like like getting stuff. That's fun. It's exciting. So we have two whitetail topics. Yeah, two. They're kind of related, so we'll do one, and then it'll sort of segue into the other. I thought they were... One, I promised, uh, because we did the early season strategies earlier this year, and then the second one is sort of a, a follow-on to one of the topics I'll talk about during the strategies. I noticed last time editing this that I can't stop touching this pen, so I'm going to put the pen down now. Okay. Because the whole time I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then yeah. I'll put mine down also since I'm not writing anything else. Yeah. You don't need to hold a pen if you're not writing. News anchors do. They hold pens. Oh, yeah, we're news anchors today. They have their iPads so they can get notes from the... Producer? Okay. You guys sell know. us which, which way you like, this way or the old it's way. It feels super weird. It but does, man. It's like, if, it's if like you guys like my it, neck over. we'll do it for you. Does it feel like we're talking to you this time? Before, we wanted to be like CIA stuff where you were you were snooping on our conversations. <laughs> we wanted you to feel like you were just the third person in the room hanging out with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you'd rather be talked to, like a little child... Someone sit down in your chair right there and listen to me. suggested we were far away and that we should face the camera. So we might still be far away. I didn't even think to look at that. We're going to try it out. I think we're about the same distance from the camera as oh. we were before. Anyway, let's try these. Let's see what these are. Maybe see which one we like better. I don't know. Good enough. I don't know what that is. But there was clearly not a lot of it. Or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. It's going to be fun to drink out of these little tiny bottles. I guess I don't need Can't lids. Wait. So I'll take these two. I guess we'll just see which one we like better. I don't know. It's our first time doing this. <laughs> I'll get something on this table. Yeah. 
I we have something. I just left it. Yeah, it's all right. All right, the one that was halfway empty. Can't really sm- shove it in my nose. <laughs> or not like that. that. I might smell both. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. You having fun over there? I am. Oh, we also wanted to mention Patreon. I don't know which one I have. We don't, probably don't have the same one. Oh, well. I think one one is almost empty. Put that one on your right. Damn, I hooked you up. What? Yeah, they're even like similar color. It's okay. They're numbered on the bottom, so we'll be all right. Okay. Patreon.com slash Disney Whitetails. We're doing a, we have a whistle, whistle, whistle pig. Uh, pretty expensive bottle that we're going to be giving away in the Patreon. We also have hoodies and hats on the way, but we didn't make a lot. No. It's only, well, we made a lot of hats, but, well, we haven't made the hats yet in full transparency. We're, we, yeah, we're narrowing it down to two different places, suppliers, you know, business stuff. But we, uh, we had. Yeah, the first one of you to reach out. Because they're not listening. But the first one that reaches out and says, hey, we'll go with you. Yeah, true. The uh, So we got asked a bunch of times when we were at the Snipers Unknown uh, Challenge last weekend, right? Was it last weekend? Weekend before last? About where to get hats. <clears throat> and then we were like, oh, maybe, maybe it's a thing. Like, no one's really asked about them that much. And then this past weekend at the market, we got asked no less than five times where people can get a hat. In a row. Yeah, it was like people, the next person that came up said, well, how about the hat? Yeah. Can't uh, you've seen it? Where our black hat, we have a whiskey and white tails black or a pat whiskey and white tails leather patch on a black hat. Yeah, that Gus made, and because we only had three. Yeah, I made them as Christmas gifts. Like last year, it was just kind of a cool thing for yeah for three of us, and uh, they're like forty dollars a piece. Yeah, because you, I didn't do a bulk order. Yeah, it was just you know that that was all I ordered. So we you have to order at least like a hundred to get some sort of decent pricing on them. Um, because yeah, so, we asked people too, I was like, "Well, if you're interested, how much would you pay for them?" And they were like, "No more than thirty dollars." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, yeah, so, so in, order, in order to get to that price range and be able to cover shipping and other things, we have to order a pretty substantial amount." So we're just going through the the, the wickets and and making sure that we're not uh, we're giving getting ourselves the best the best deal and best quality for for you guys. So, but the hoodies are on the way, and those will nice. open to Patreon members first, and then whatever's left, we'll put in the store. And I think that's how we're going to do everything from now on, other than like our smoker blocks and and bourbon barrel stuff. All the normal stuff is yeah, going to be. We never we did the apparel thing once before. We'll maybe get into that another time. If we do any kind of apparel, hats, hoodies, whatever, it's going to be extremely limited runs, and you better get them while they're available because that's probably going to be it. Uh, I uh, he and I, I think both refuse to get stuck with yeah hundreds of of pieces of apparel at the cost of thousands of dollars. So yeah, we we the not to get in it deeply, but we. We bought in so much bulk through another company we have. We bought in so much bulk because we wanted to get the prices down really cheap so that there was an actual a profit revenue. Right a business. Yeah. Um, and because we bought so many to get to that price range, it's just, it overflowed. It consumed bedrooms and, and garage space. And <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous thinking back on it. Yes. But we were all in. We were like, "Hey, this is gonna. We're gonna be the next." Because we got the same shirts. At, what we also learned, if you if you want to do an apparel company, go cheap because we got quality shirts, like the nicest shit you could buy. Really nice stuff. Nicer than what? I mean, it was the same quality of stuff that was selling for sixty dollars at a local store called mm-hmm. Charleston Angler. Same kind of shirts as that, like a uh, the 
boat shirts. Yep. The the, the UV protection, there you U, go. the UVP or UPV 50 protection and all that stuff. And and we went with a company that makes their, uh, their t-shirts were made out of from uh, recycled plastic, plastic bottles. And, you know, we had these, this great quality, you know, baseline to provide customers. And at the end of the day, people really don't care that much. No, they don't give a shit. They want a name brand or they want it cheap. And so we were establishing our brand. So we didn't, we didn't have that brand awareness yet. And, uh, we could have just gone cheap and sold them cheap and probably sold them a lot easier. Which we learned, believe it or not, at a convention. We were out there. We had we had bought in bulk again these um, Pen Battle 3s, like the 600-pound reels. Yeah. They're not cheap. How much are they, like 260 bucks or something? I forget. So they, they were expensive, but, yeah. but we had gotten them cheap enough that we were going to do raffles. And so and each one was raffle or something like that, but it was only going to be up to cost, which cost was 80 bucks on these. And so nobody wanted to do it. So we ended up just trying to sell them for $80. And people, one after the other, people would come by and be like, why would I spend $80 on that when I spent 10 on these five reels? Yeah. Well, so we're like, we, what? What we learned was that there were there were two or three big uh, vendor areas. And I don't know why we're getting on this tangent. But no, it's fine. It's, there was a huge, a huge, huge, huge area. Like, yeah. like a coliseum. Like coliseum type area with hundreds of vendors. And then we kind of, we joined late. We got in, we got into the convention late. And so we were in another building off to the side that was really more of like. Literally the last spot you could ever get to. But that building was more things like outdoor wildlife and, and art and uh, things for your home. And people were selling like gutter services and things like yeah. that. And we just kind of, that was Remember a spot. Remember the guy that wore their lab coat and said, pretended he was a doctor? He was yeah, like, he was like doing chiropractic stuff. Yeah, yeah, or he was like, like uh, where do you hurt Fixing today? people's feet. He was doing stuff for your feet. That's what he, <laughs> he was, was doing. He was putting like. Like magnetic strips on your feet to pull poison out. So that's the building we got put into. What we figured out after taking a break and going and walking around was that in the big building, there were these like discount uh, angling or angler companies that had huge bins of reels for like $5 a piece. And these things were cheap knockoffs from from Japan, but China, China, from, but the people that came to this, uh, this convention were all about some deals. And by the time they got to us, they, they had uh, blown their wad. So yeah, speak, they had and spent their $60 they showed up with. <laughs> people were like, someone that was there was like, you know, like people save up for weeks to come to this. To and buy the tickets ticket. were 15 bucks a piece. Yeah. And I was like, oh, different demographic than we thought. Yeah, it was not. It was it still was, fun. We learned It was a not lot. a place to sell premium quality shirts for sure. Premium. Yeah, they were nice. So we Real say nice. all that to yeah. say we're not buying a bunch of stuff anymore. Yeah. Not interested in it. Not interested. Oh, and the hoodies. I only brought <laughs> large and extra large. If you if you don't if you're smaller than a large or bigger than an extra large, hit me up and we'll work on we'll it work next on batch. Some, yeah, but I'm not I'm not buying thirty smalls, thirty medium. I'm not doing that. Nope. Because we've done it before and we're just trying to. What do you think about these? One of these, I this one I really. This like. This one is really spicy. This one reminds me of a. Uh, it's not it's not spicy in terms of um, proof. I don't think. I think it's um, I think it's heavy on rye. But it's good. Yeah. It's really good. I got a feeling I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one of these and be like, I would never have picked that. You know, like if you put a bunch of bottles in front of me and you're like, hey, pick something to drink, it'll be something I probably would never pick. Well, there's a good mix of of things I like and don't like. It's, I literally was just trying to get rid of some stuff. Well, not, I mean, obviously you're not getting rid of stuff with these tiny bottles, but it's all open. I didn't open anything, so it's all stuff we've had or I've definitely had. You writing notes? Well, I'm just trying to remember which one I like. Yeah, I think I like this one. 
I keep one on the right and one on the left. Okay. So, All right. What do we have to talk about today? You have some, uh, we have some updates on the whole Heaven Hill thing, right? Yeah. I was going to do the Heaven Hill thing first, and then we'll get it. into the hunting stuff. Cool. Actually, Earl, do you want to do a hunting and then Heaven Hill and then hunting? No, because the second one, they, they segue nicely into one another. All right. So we're going to do this in 10 minutes or less. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Heaven Hill, if you didn't know, if you live in Iraq, sometime around the beginning of September, I think it was sept- around September 11th, something like that, they went yeah. on strike yeah. over a ton of stuff. And we've done two videos on it now. You can link here and then give it five seconds for the link, and then link here for the second one. You can go watch those and and get it. So, what I'm going to talk about now is the now that they have come to a conclusion, we're going to talk about the conclusion and kind of some things that we've been, or I've been told, or we've been told, or whatever. So, the Heaven Hill contract was voted on and passed, and from what we can understand, and what we've been told, and we've reached out to people that commented before, people that sent us an email, um, and then we know a couple people in the industry that we've reached out to. So, basically, I've been asking to get the contract. I wanted to read it. I wanted to see exactly how it was worded. I want to see all this stuff. And nobody was willing to give it to us. And then the guy that we know in the industry is he works with a guy whose dad is there. And his dad was like, son, it's none of your business how much I make. So with that in mind, we're not going to discuss <laughs> dollar amounts, right? any of that stuff. So it's, it's nobody's business. This is a private contract. However, I did end up getting it. And I won't say how. I hacked Heaven Hill's website. I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. That's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. I don't have time to hack anything. All right, so these were the main points. So there was no changes to the health care plan. There was a up to $2.95 per hour wage increase, which is what one of the big things they were arguing about. Not arguing about, asking for. Up to, meaning? Up to, which means they could give them a quarter, but yeah. still. There is actually pay scales in there. And again, I didn't really, uh, okay, because I knew I wasn't going to talk about them. I didn't really look at them that deep. So they did the elimination of the two-tier wage scale. And this is one of the things that I wanted clarity on, but it, because nobody really wanted to talk about it, yeah. I, I don't. But the actual, just to read it, it's one of these three things. Okay, so a two-tier wage system. The employer wishes to better compensate more senior. Uh, I don't know that word. Uh, what is that? Ostensibly. What does that mean? Ostensibly more experienced, like um, more productive workers. We'll just skip it. <laughs> Why would they put that in there? All right. The employer wishes to better compensate more experienced and productive workers without increasing overall wage costs, or the employer wishes to establish a pay for performance or merit pay wage scheme that compensates more productive employees without increasing overall wage costs, or the employer wishes to reduce overall wage costs by hiring new employees at a wage less than the wage of incumbent workers, meaning you don't get paid the same as someone else. So one of those three things, but one thing I did read in the contract, and I don't know enough about it to really understand what it means, but it says it was in the regards of specialists. So the barrel warehouse specialists, dump room specialists, they changed the pay in relation to the two-tier wage scale. So I don't know if it was you get paid by how many barrels you dump or you get, well, I don't know, nobody would answer me, so... Maybe it'll be in the comments. You can go check it out. Hmm. The next thing was um, 
It did say in there that senior workers won't be better compensated, so that has something to do with it. Inc- won't, won't be? Yeah. Hmm. But they also do the wage increase, year one, 3%, year two, 25 and then the next year's is 2%. So clearly the longer you've been there, the the more increase of pay. But it sounds like maybe you taper maybe, off. I'm thinking there's a cap. Yeah. I don't know. Wish somebody would have answered. Anyway, increased vacation benefits, which is good. The increased paid holidays, they went from nine paid days off to 11. Okay. So that's a pretty good bump. And people usually look at paid days off, like, but you realize someone's paying for that, which is the employer. Sure. So that is a type of increase in pay. So 401k match from 7 to 8%, which is crazy. I think mine is 6. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that's hefty. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Well, a lot of them, and like I know a lot of your corporate employers in the in- industry we're familiar with, they'll do that 5% up to a smaller percent of your overall. Yeah. Like it's, it's always, it's it like it always looks good. And then you, and you're like, Oh, actually you're kind of, kind of fucking me here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ours is, well, ours is, I think ours is vested too. So we get 5% yeah. match yeah. and then I, it's like two years before you even yep. get that. It's two years for a lot of places. Before some that. companies don't, they some just don't. Yep. But, but anyway, I think that's pretty good up to 8%. You should definitely be taking advantage of that. Uh, increased sickness and accident benefits and life insurance benefits. So it looks like, and those are just the big red things at the beginning. If you've seen your own contract at the very top, those are just the big red changes that were made since the original uh, vote hmm. in which they okay. stri- started the strike. So this is this is the contract they've agreed upon. Yes. Okay. This is the most recent, addended, modified one. And is it still need to be voted on, or like where do you know where I they're did, at? In there? According to the news, it's been voted on and, and oh, ratified. Okay. And they so are, are these guys back to work then? That's what it's saying. Cool. I mean, I I would assume. So can I start buying Heaven Hill stuff again? Yeah. Okay. I think so. I, I guess so too. I mean, in honesty, the the Heaven Hill thing, the like the we not buying. I think it was like we don't want to put it on the shelves, but as far as buying it, I mean, it was. The people on strike that made it, or that's the true. other facility. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, it also could be the other facility. And also, you're supporting a local liquor store, not necessarily Heaven Hill, which is actually a paid, distributor. Yeah, we're kind of already been paid tiers. for. Yeah. yeah, it's already been paid for. It's already been bought. So yeah. we're three tiers it's complicated, below. Complicated, folks. It's complicated. Yeah. So even though like we stand with the people on strike, and I, and I said in the first episode that it typically doesn't go well for the striking portion it's yep. usually the bigger dog wins but it looks to me i don't know if you guys are super happy i'm sure nobody's ever 100 percent happy but yeah these are some good increases i think but who am i you know it's a more of an increase than i got this year yeah that's true <laughs> nobody get i within, didn't get any pay increase with inflation they said I've, i read somewhere that with inflation if you didn't get a pay increase of five point something percent this year you actually got a pay cut yeah i believe it well, Sucks. I did not get any pay increase this year. None whatsoever? None. Same. I was going to say, you did? Because I didn't get that. I, I um, There's definitely a two-tier wage scale at my work. Uh, senior workers are definitely better compensated. Uh, I did not get an increase in vacation benefits. I still have the same amount. I still have the same amount of holidays. My 401k match is two, 3% now less than yours. Just saying. It's all relative. Kind of look at it in a different light. True. Well, interesting. I'm glad they came to some sort of resolution. Hopefully folks are, I don't, I, the, the one thing that, that really bugged me about the whole thing was this, this whole time people, I guess, not 
not having health insurance. Yeah. That was pretty, that was pretty crappy. So I'm glad they, and that was the other thing too, is we said in the last video, we said, um, so we said something about them removing health insurance. And then I, then we kind of were like, but you know, working there. So why do you have health insurance? Yeah. Someone made in the comments. And again, I don't know if this is true. There's just something in the comments. Um, they said that they had already paid for that month's health insurance. Right. So then, like in the beginning of the month, they had paid for the month of coverage. And oh, then I see. Yeah, on so the, I want to say it was the 11th or somewhere around there. Interesting. And then they, they took it away. So they lost their health insurance for the month. Mm. It's a shame. Yeah. Well, glad it's over. I don't know. You can uh, go fact check everything we said in the comments because these fine people are very good at adding and correcting and making sure we're straight. Keeping it straight, yeah. yeah. And we appreciate all the feedback you guys gave us through these. This is the third episode now. Um, yeah, folks have been very nice about reaching out, yeah. uh, understandably asking for some. Um, it was crickets after y'all signed them. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody said it. Yeah, well, people were, you know, understandably wanting us to be a little um, careful about mentioning names or. Yeah, or we would like never that, mention names, which we were fine with. And the story I told about the guy that works with somebody made that up. It's a true story about what he said, but. It's not smoke and mirrors, folks. Yeah, you know, because now everybody's like, "Who's the guy that works with now that the guy?" Yeah, now that we're facing you, like the news anchors, we're going to start treating this like yeah. the news, and we're just going to make shit up. Stop it! I, I, and then we're okay. <sighs> Tell me to stop it. I do what I want. <laughs> I can't figure out what to do with this thing. Yeah, it's really weird. Like this, I've I've had it on this side. For because I feel like if I turn my head, then I'm, I got to come back to it, do. and then that's I got to I got to put it in front of me, and then I got to this way, and then and I'm watching the noise levels, and they're right next to each other, so we're picking up each other's, and it's going to be a pain in the ass to edit because it's going <sighs> to. Oh yeah, I can see it. That yeah, it see, it's picking up depending on how we talk, and if I face you, your microphone picks it. You're going to block it. <laughs> Anyways, there's only one way to fix it, and it costs about a thousand dollars. So we should get a COVID. Um, Put a plexiglass yeah, thing. COVID plus, so that way yeah. you don't give me COVID. Yeah. Again. Yeah. All right. That's all we have for right now. Next. Next. All right. All right. Before we go to that, Into did what? you pick? Because I want to know what these are. Yeah, I did. I uh, I haven't even finished this one, and I already like the other one better. <laughs> Which one is that? That was the was number one. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so... I like the same one you like. Okay. Big surprise there. The other one I don't think I like at all. What is the other one? I don't know yet. What? Number two, the one we don't like is Wadi Boone. Oh, is it really? Yeah. And then the one that we do like, that's why I was pulling it up for you to see. Okay. And then the one we do like is uh, the rye, the uh, Sazerac, the baby Saz. Oh, okay. Did not expect that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, Baby Saz won this episode of What Are We Drinking? <laughs> I mix them together. Now, I don't want to ruin it. Mm. Eh. Okay. Where are we going? Where are we going? Well, we are... We're going to talk about the best time of the year for hunting whitetails, and that is the rut. It's November, early November. If the rut has not already kicked off wherever it is you're hunting, it will be very soon. And so we have some things to talk about with related or with some things to talk about with regards to uh, strategies and how you approach the whitetail woods this time of year and what you can do to increase your likelihood of success. Okay. So 
What do you know about the whitetail rut? Matthew. I know that it's when the, the does get basically chased all over town and, and then held down and violently sexually assaulted in order to procreate more animals. And these poor does just run around. That's why people get so angry when you kill does during rut because they're just running, running, trying to escape the ever. <sighs> it did not go where I thought it was going to go. So. The rut is whenever your uh, your bucks are chasing and very active, uh, seeking breeding does. Right, that's basically what I just said. Yeah, but you said it way more violently. And uh, well, I mean, it is a violent. That's fine. Thing. It's fine. Uh, but it's also a great time to take advantage of the bucks and their ridiculous behavior uh, to get that buck you're after. Or just get some meat in the freezer. So we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do to help make that happen. And for those that don't hunt, they're just here for the whiskey part. When you see the uptick of Man, deer are everywhere out here at night, and people are hitting them and stuff. That's the rut. Yeah, you see more deer because they don't get on the side shit. of the road. Uh, yeah, that's because they are out of their mind doing things yeah. they normally would not do. Uh, so the first thing you can do is sort of an obvious thing, but that's to hunt fresh, fresh sign. Now that's pretty much the case any time of the year. You know, if you can find fresh sign of where deer are, that's that's where you want to hunt. But particularly. During the rut, you want to look for scrapes that are active uh, with uh, that have licking branches. And a licking branch is just an overhanging branch over the scrape that deer will use to help leave scent, uh, particularly bucks. They use the licking branch uh, far more than the does do. With that being said, um, we'll touch a little bit more on scrapes later in this episode. Uh, I have a whole bunch of stuff about that. But so look for look for fresh sign, look for active scrapes, uh, particularly with a licking branch because bucks use licking branches more than they than does do, and that's a good sign, a good way to uh, to look for an active area where there's a buck. Um, get comfortable. <sighs> get comfortable. There are a see. I don't edit those out, so it's your problem, not mine. I know, but it's, it takes so much longer. Don't edit them. Uh, get comfortable. You're you're going to be in the tree stand for a while. You, things happen during the rut that don't happen any other time of the year. Like we mentioned earlier, bucks are out of their mind. With their hormones are crazy. They're running all over the place, uh, all times of year, or all times of the day. So get comfortable. Prepare to sit for a long time and wait for things to happen because they happen unexpectedly, out of nowhere, all times of the day. Yeah, unplanned. It's just, it's not like other times of the year where you can kind of predict that, you know, the buck's going to, and deer going to come to the field, you know, right around daybreak or as the sun is setting. Does are getting chased all over the woods and bucks are cruising all over the place trying to catch a scent or following scent of, of breeding doe. So get comfortable, prepare to sit for a while, bring a book, bring some snacks, make sure you're prepared to be there for a while. Ooh. There you go. You've been practicing. Like and then you can, you can, that's when, uh, like when people, you see people rat, rattling for bucks and yep. calling for bucks and making noise. Now's the time of the year that that works because they're not thinking much other than the, the three F's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that actually brings up, that's a good segue to another point that I had further down here, which is be vocal. This time of the year is better than probably any time to use a call and to be vocal or to rattle, uh, whether you use shed antlers or you use uh, one of the, some of those plastic rattling yeah that's uh, what things. i have the rattle bag yeah rattle bag uh, you can use any of those but deer are 
like I said, cruising for bucks. They are some they're of, cruising for does. They're cruising for does and uh, and on the lookout for bucks because they're being very competitive. They're competing for territory. They're competing for does. So if you get a dominant buck and you rattle and you make it appear as though there's a fight going on o- over some does, a dominant buck may be like, oh yeah. Not in my house. He may just want to come look, too. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're social creatures, so it may just bring in deer out of curiosity. They're nosy so, as shit. Yeah, use calls. Uh, don't be don't be shy about it, uh, especially if you see deer. You see a buck chasing does. Uh, you can oftentimes call a buck off of off of a hot doe if you if you can mimic a a more mature buck or a, or a mating doe bleat um, will, is, is useful for that. So be vocal. Uh, also use scents. This is the time of the year. Uh, bucks are all over the place and uh, looking for scent following scent so use your whatever your favorite scent is for uh doe and heat or estrus whatever whatever b- the brand calls the it that's the time on. to use it create uh you should have created mock break my mock scrapes earlier in the year uh, but it's still an okay time to put that kind of scent out and try to get uh, try to get try to get bucks coming to those things so use scents Hunt does, obviously, that's what the bucks are after. So if you know where the does are, there's a good chance that's where bucks are going to be. If you have and you can pinpoint through cameras or just knowing your property, specifically doe bedding areas, you want to hunt on the downwind side of that because bucks will cruise areas that they uh, and and try to find the downwind, uh, try to find themselves downwind of does to locate their scent. And if you know that there's a doe bedding area, you can position yourself downwind of that area you can intercept bucks trying to work their way into those into those bedding areas. So uh, look for does. Look for the for those downwind side of, of doe bedding areas if you can if you can uh, identify those. Do you make any doe bleats this time of the year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will. It because the so I called the buck once off of a a doe uh, that he was chasing the doe, and I used a combination that I had seen on YouTube where I used a grunt like a really deep long grunt, which is supposed to to be a mating, yeah. a mating buck and alternated one of those Primos yeah. uh, doe bleat cans to simulate a buck and doe kind of mixing it up, whether they were just chasing or actually doing the dirty. It was enough to get this. Uh, it wasn't a super mature buck, but it was, it was a buck who was out of his mind with, with what was going on in the rut enough to stop chasing that doe and, and and come in my direction. So it was, it was pretty cool. You can do a lot with with sounds and, and both doe and and buck calls. I just very rarely use any of it. It's um, I do use our grunt tube, but even then, I'm not super pushy with it. It's also hard a little bit in our just where we hunt, where like, we hunt. It's yeah. very thick, so sometimes it's hard to see. Uh, so you're you're doing it blind a lot of times. Yeah. So up in Appalachia, I'll use the I'll rattle. That's a good spot. It's a little more open, and you can uh, that sound will carry down, especially when you're in the mountains using those uh, the terrain, to, yeah. you know, to your advantage. So I'm also looking forward to kind of some of these leaves falling off, so that we can really see stuff and hear. You know, yeah. I can't tell you how many times during this time of year you hear things coming before because the the a doe will be 30 yards ahead of a buck, you know, jumping and running, kind of trying to stay ahead, and then that buck will come cruising behind, grunting and taking its time. They're tired because they're running all day long. Bucks will lose. I forget how, how what percentage of, of their body fat during the rut, but it's a lot. Uh, they have you can tell you can tell the the health of a of a whitetail by the amount of fat that's around its kidneys. And during this time of year, you can often pull the kidneys out of a doe, and it'll be covered with this white visceral healthy fat. And then a bucks will be almost completely bare of any fat, just the just the kidneys. And uh, it's just a, a good indication of. 
how much they're running, how little they're eating, and their overall health. They run themselves down a lot during, yeah. uh, during the rut. I know they lose a lot of weight during the rut, for sure. So They also don't have to be as bulk in the in the spring true. as uh, as the doe would. Yeah, that's true. So uh, be flexible, right? It's, it's the rut, as we've mentioned a dozen times, and things are going to change. Does may change. If, if you identify that there's action happening on another side, another area, another pinch point or a funnel or somewhere where you didn't anticipate, you need to be willing to adjust later that afternoon if you're sitting all day or maybe the next day uh, and don't get too stuck. You know, a lot of us are in the habit of setting up a couple stands and that's just where we hunt and we kind of leave them there. This is a good time of year to be flexible. Use the climber, use the saddle. Uh, you use some sort of setup that allows you to move around and adapt to what the whitetail are doing. Oh, did you go into a saddle yet? Not yet. I are need you, to. Do you plan to? I do. It's just one of those things that's gotten super popular over the last year and a half. And as a result, there's other companies popping up and other people, more people are trying them. So I'm reading a lot and watching people's, getting people's opinions. I need to just dive in and, and just do it. Well, we know people with one um, that have hit us up and said, hey, I hunt on a saddle. Yeah. All the time. Yep. It, it looks super comfortable, which it doesn't, at it doesn't first glance, idea. it doesn't seem like yeah. it would be comfortable, but I, I want to try it out. It just feels I, I like all that tension being on your legs, you know? It also, it also the idea of just leaning back and sort of hanging on a single rope, I've got to get the, that kind of freaks me out a little bit, but I don't know, it's weird. <laughs> I'd be fine with it, I think. All right, uh, so be flexible and just hunt. Like, get in the woods, you've got to hunt. It's a numbers game. The more you hunt, the more likely you are to have encounters with deer, the more likely you are to kill a deer. It's, it, you, can't, you can't do like we do and, uh, and find yourselves too busy to go and making excuses not to get out there. You just have to get out there. It's, it's easy to let work and life and everything's kind of consume you, but you're not going to shoot a deer sitting from the couch or on the couch. So It's just hard. Just hunt. It is. And the last thing. Why don't you just hunt? All the reasons I just, all the reasons I just listed. Um, Are we going to go out this Friday? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think that we we'll should talk about it. We should. Why don't we talk about it now? Well, there's a lot of other things that uh, 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 mm, uh <laughs> there's a lot of deck. things that uh, depend on uh, Jesus whether or not man. we can make that happen, and so I have to consider some of those things. Yeah, I got you. And then the last thing is to have a good whiskey on hand because there's no better way to celebrate. Than having a good whiskey. What's a good whiskey? Whatever you like to drink. Wadi Poon. Okay. No. All right. So that was my spiel on rut strategies. You, we could make a video, you know, a 20 minute video on any single one of those topics. So I'm just hitting the high notes here. Take it, leave it. I don't care. That's what, uh, that's what's worked for me in the past. That's what the pros suggest. That's what all my research pointed to. I, I tried to, to pick the things that I know worked for me and that other people also selected or mentioned. There's some other stuff that people listed that I'm like, ah, that this shit doesn't work down here. So <laughs> I didn't put it in there. So there's a lot of things that work other places that for sure. aren't, definitely aren't going to work yeah, down here. Absolutely. So that's the other thing to know too is if, if you're looking <laughs> for both ways, if you're looking at whiskey strategies or whitetail strategies, it's going to change very by area. Some places don't have other things, and 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 therefore the deer are going to act differently. The liquor store is going to act differently. <laughs> <laughs> liquor uh, store owner. <clears throat> but yeah, the uh, <clears throat> there's definitely a lot of stuff that I read about deer, and they're just talking about these huge monster deer out west and stuff, and it's it's just not the case down here in the well, south. Also, you know, certain land features that people talk about, yeah. you know. 
focus on these and that and focus on this sort of geographical feature. And you just have to find what works and what's available for where you're hunting. Because sometimes they're, you know, hunting a ridge. Well, what's a ridge for me or us down here is different than what's a ridge for somebody out in Kentucky. Yeah, a ridge here for us is, is an old home site where they where it's like a foot and a half yeah, elevation right. over, over what's normally flat. Exactly. Yeah, or one of those levee walls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So um, that's a good segue to talk. start. I wanted to talk a little bit about scrape behavior and whitetail behavior related to scrapes. So I mentioned earlier that bucks will use their the licking branches above a scrape far more often. And and so what is a scrape? If you've never seen one, if you're not, if you're not a hunter, you're not familiar, uh, it's, it's basically like a communication hub or a, a public bulletin board that whitetail use to drop some of their scent, uh, leave some of their scent and let folks know that, Hey, and there's, I'm here several different ways to do it too. I'm sure you've been walking through the woods and you look at the ground and the leaves are all pushed away and you're like, it's, it looks like somebody swept an area to sit down yeah. Bucks do that. There's also, they do it on trees and they scrape bark off of trees. Well, that's a rub. That's different yeah, than that's a scrape. Yeah, my bad. So, you're going to let me finish? Well, I just figured we'd have conversation instead of you just talk the whole time you're and right. I sit here staring no, at the camera. you're right. <laughs> they do it, so, but they, they, they do both of those for, um, yeah. for marking territory and leaving scent. One is more about establishing boundaries, so the rub on the tree, yeah. they'll do a long, and that's sort yeah. of like, hey, this, I is, know that. I just this is my spot. And then the the scrape is done by both does and bucks. Uh, the difference is that bucks will, like I said, use the, li- the licking branch the same arms? way. <laughs> no, no, no. They 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 paw the scrape at the ground, but then yeah. they they the bucks will chew and rub their face and their antlers on the licking branch above it. That's why I was mentioning if you're targeting bucks during the rut, look for active scrapes that have that overhanging branch because they don't always have an overhanging branch. Right. Yeah. If there's no overhanging branch, there's a good chance that a buck's not using it. So the reason they do that is because bucks have glands in or near their nose, uh, on their forehead, and around their eyes. Can you grab that picture right there? Yeah. We've all we've all thought this is just, nope the second one, the first one right in front. Yep. We've all thought this was just a cute picture of two young deer. Right. right. But I actually, after reading some of the stuff about the preorbital, yeah, smell gland, gland. I think that what he's doing as a young buck is just recognizing, oh, there's there's scent up here, and he's he's sniffing around that that preorbital gland that deer have around their eyes, and so you'll see videos sometimes online of a deer uh, chewing on the branch, or even it looks like they're trying to poke themselves in the eye with uh, with, <laughs> with a branch, and that's just them spreading that uh, that scent around. So that's the chief way. That whitetail's leaf scent is, is using, um, like I said, using these rubs. There's three different kinds of rubs. You have uh, boundary rubs, secondary rubs, and, pi- and primary rubs. Now, boundary rubs are ones that you're going to find along fence lines, uh, around ag fields, things like that. They're the ones that you see walking along uh, some of the roads where we like to hunt. You'll yeah. see them along. And there's oftentimes not a necessarily a, a licking branch or an overhang because deer are just using that to, like, you know, paw out a little bit. They'll pee. Uh, on it to spread their um, spread their their scent. They have uh, glands in their their, their torsal. Uh, is that what it, the uh, their dorsal fin? dorsal fins? <laughs> yeah, their dorsal fins. Got them. Uh, they're they're what are the name of the glands? I can't remember the because um, you had to deal with them the all the time. The name of the toe, yeah, because if you cut quarters, them, they yeah, they stink. What they do is they actually the the bucks will scoot their legs together till those things are are touching, and they'll pee right over them. Yeah, and so you get the they. They spin and spread their scent from the urine and those those glands, and that's how they you know will will work areas. 
secondary scrapes are sort of something you can sort of identify by them being very random. You won't see a pattern. You won't see a line of them. They're just sort of there. And that's generally believed that deer are just, they just get the urge, right? And they just, oh, yeah. they just need to, I need to scrape. Just need to, you know, they just need to scrape that shit up. And, 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 and then it's the, the primary ones are the ones you want to look for with primary scrapes. These are the ones that are along ridge lines. Well, uh, well-worn paths, you know, between bedding and feeding areas, you're going to see a, uh, you know, see a trail of them potentially. Those are the ones that you want to hunt. If you're hunting scrapes, uh, they'll be more active. You should see overhanging branches and licking branches. Uh, and so those are some ways you can, you can target bucks utilizing scrapes and, and the behavior that whitetail will exhibit uh, when making a scrape. They usually work a scrape for about a minute, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. And they use scrapes year round. Yeah, it's all year. However, bucks, their primary prime time, their most activity, especially when they're using utilizing the licking branch, uh, is about thirty days leading up to peak breeding, and about ten days after. So you should see a lot of it this time of the year with the rut going on. That's a good way to to judge the rut because you hear a lot of people say, "Oh, I just I saw a buck chasing." Yeah. When in reality, there's other signs that are uh, more prominent. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff you can if you know what to look for, you can see all you can identify all kinds of things out in the woods to give you an idea of just how how things are going. The you also have to be cognizant of the fact that certain parts of the year have or certain parts of the country have a rut that happens earlier in the year, and right. they and then they have their does that come into a breeding uh, later, and so there's actually a second rut in certain parts of the country, and you'll have certain states like Louisiana and some of the other ones that have a whitetail season that goes into like January or February, I think. They talk about that here too, that mm-hmm. we have a second rut in December or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. December. It's usually early December. I've never had any luck. No. Early December. Mid, mid November, mid to late November and late December is when I have the most luck. It's also when I just have more time to hunt, I think, because it's around holidays. So maybe that has something to do with yeah. it. And we talked about that today, that the success rate of our friends that, that do very well, it's not it's not luck. It's, it's the fact that they're putting in work. Yeah, they can get out there a lot more than we can. Yeah, they put in the work and put in the time. And when you do that, things are bound to happen. Maybe someday we'll have hunting property in our backyard and we won't have to. It won't be so hard to get out there. Foreshadowing. You have to, you have to speak it into existence. Right, manifest. You have to manifest it. Is that manifest what they say? destiny. Manifest destiny. Is that? Can you say manifest? I feel like manifest destiny has a negative connotation now. Why? I don't know. I thought I read that somewhere, which I thought was ridiculous because I, I like that word. Manifest two words together. Two words together. Manifest destiny. Yeah, it's two words for sure. Yeah, I'll Google it and find out what that means. <laughs> I think it just means you manifest your destiny. You. I think it was used once in a time in history that people don't agree with, and therefore, if you say it, that, that means you agree with that time in history. I think that's that's kind of what I'm remembering. Like Hitler? I don't know. Stalin? Oh, oh no, never mind. Oh. I had another question. Ask. A- <laughs> I'm going to pass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to ask, though. Oh, you're very welcome. I might ask you after because it's a good it's a good question. Oh, no, I'm interested. Yeah, that's a good question. So we went over the rut stuff, and then surely you have more recommendations for the current state of affairs. I don't need to flip my page. I'm just trying to be like you. I don't know. This is what I wrote down 
while you were talking, I wrote down the rut, and then I wrote down buck bomb, and then I yeah. wrote down keyword placement rut. <laughs> That's good. Those are good notes, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, I would recommend that also. Use buck bombs. Yeah. That falls in line with scent. Uh, be careful wherever you're hunting. Make sure you follow your local uh, Department of Natural Resources or Fish and Game or yes. Wildlife rules. Uh, a lot of them have put new laws in place with regard to CWD and trying to control that where you're not allowed to use a lot of the scents that are derived from natural deer urine. So right. you have to use synthetics Synthetic. that happened here in South Carolina a year before last or last year. Right. So beware of that. If you have old stuff that's still like in, in your bag or in your in your tote, you got to throw that stuff out if you get caught using it. That's a big no-no. Um, and most states won't let you drive the spine and brain across state lines. Keep right. that in mind if you're hunting out of state. Definitely can't do it here. I think is there any? I think almost all states that's a rule. Now. Yeah, it's 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 pretty much across the board. I just got done actually talking about that with uh, Gavin's troop for scouts. I taught the uh, Fish and Wildlife Management Merit Badge, and we talked about. Oh, it. did you? you yeah, would we be talked the guy about to teach that. It was it's fun. I enjoy that one a lot. It's yeah. we talk about invasive species and and impacts to environment as humans and how we can do our part to prevent some of that stuff. It's good stuff. You know, we're in Kentucky. You know those things that those things that stick to you. Yes. Those are ex- a very good example. I was sitting in my tree stand, and I looked down at my glove here in South Carolina, and there was one on my glove, and I was like, ugh. And I flicked it off, and then I thought, I just ruined the entire Southeast. <laughs> <laughs> Done. It's, five years from now, there's going to be a takeover from South Carolina all the way to, to mid, yeah. mid-Florida, and it's going to be all your fault. Well, think about all those vines and stuff that had t- taken over the majority of, of all of the parts of Kentucky we were at. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, actually. I don't know what the name of it is either, but it's wild. But it's like wherever that thing grows, there's an animal there that eats that, and they didn't know that, so they brought it there for vegetation to kind of keep erosion Yep. And whatever animal was eating it where it's from wasn't eating it in Kentucky. <laughs> and now it's <laughs> Kentucky, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how many times that's happened. I wonder how many plants we have that we look at and go. There's tons. If you, you, you can, there's lists of invasive species and things that don't belong where they are. There are tons, tons like, of them. Like what? Uh, well, there's one really bad right now, which is the snakehead. It's a fish. Oh yeah, I am. All, I am aware of the snakehead. That one's really bad. I mean, uh, bad enough that like the DNRs. Like, if you catch one of these, here's a picture. Yep. Kill it. They actually said that here. Yeah, because if you see them here, kill them. Because yeah, they were coming up it, from Florida, right? No, from Georgia, down from Georgia. Because uh. they started up in Missouri or somewhere. I think I forget how they where they came from exactly. But they're making their way down like the Mississippi and it's nasty. Like they they oh. they kill off other other. They eat whole like during hatching. They eat eggs and they kill. They just they're just really nasty. Just the one thing Florida didn't ruin. I think. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Florida ruins a lot of stuff. But I also hear, I, I hear they're calling it the land of the free now. I told Jessica, I sent her a video the other day after their governor released a video, and I said, i never been much of a fan of Florida, but. Did you see that they banned? 95 uh, not far. No, it's not. It's only That's six a hours. It's a straight shot. <laughs> Did you see that he banned, um. Uh, what's his name? The actor that just shot that dude with gun negligence, by the way. Alec Baldwin? Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, man. No, that was definitely um, gun negligence. What do they tell you all the time? They tell you that you should always treat a weapon as if it's loaded, even if it's a toy. Yeah. I right? teach. I, I, I don't. So he should have checked it. Yeah. You can ask my kids. I You know, they play with Nerf guns and run around, and I let them shoot each other with Nerf guns, but when they're not shooting and they're just walking around, like, pointing at things... 
and you, one of them walk up to me, and you can ask either one of them. Like, you don't walk up and you and point that at somebody because they, it, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a little bit of. I fully support your. Because uh, they're just toys, there. right? And they're shooting yeah. each other with the Nerf. You know, they're playing basically tag. But when they're, when they're not actively doing that and they're just walking around like. Yeah, no, like, that's, I, that, that's a no that, go. That doesn't, that doesn't fly in my house. I mean, think you about how many people like get gun. shot all the time for doing that. Do you, see, you can see videos all the time of high school kids and just negligent idiots pointing a gun at the camera acting cool and the damn thing goes off. And it's just like, you know, it's, you're lucky that there, that was your laptop camera and not, not some friend of yours holding yeah. the camera for you. I, every time I, I see some shitty rap video where there's a 50 people all pointing guns at the camera, I just, I cringe. It makes could, my could skin, you it makes my that, skin crawl. Uh, being that photo- uh, filmographer, Dude, <laughs> <or> videographer. <laughs> Don't pull the trigger. <laughs> every one of them's got their finger on the trigger too. There's oh, yeah. absolutely there's no, no trigger discipline no. whatsoever. Yeah, it's rough. There was uh did you see the video of the kid that's in the living room and he's got his like a revolver and he pulls the trigger. I saw a camera and he shoots it and it like goes into the ceiling and then his brother like jumps and was like, That's why mom doesn't love you. <laughs> if I can find it, I'll put it in here. I have seen that before. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Yeah, it's funny. Gun negligence is not funny though. No, man, pe- it kills people. What and I think the thing that's worse about it is it's very, very sad that someone lost their life uh, over the whole thing. But it's yep. It just goes to show you that you can't you can't sit on your high horse and say things to people about gun safety or gun ownership and all these things while you profit millions of dollars using them in movies right. and then have the audacity to not at least know the basics of gun safety. If you if I watch you unload a firearm and you hand it to me with the action back, and I can visibly see that it's that it's safe. I'm still going to check it myself. Yeah, I'm still going to put my finger it. inside yep. to make sure there's not a round or whatever whatever is appropriate for that for that firearm. That's just basic gun safety. And anyone who is raised and taught that way, those things come second nature. When you're brought up with this, and I'm just going to say when you're brought up anti-gun and, and, and you have these ideas about how guns and firearms should be treated or people who support it should be treated – and you can't take some the time to understand the basics. If you choose not to associate with or use firearms and you don't want to learn the basics of gun safety, then so be it. But if you're going to use them on a, a movie set, because let's be very clear, there's no such thing as a prop gun. Maybe a rubber gun, but in, in movies, those are real functional weapons that they swap out parts to shoot blank rounds with. Or sometimes it's, and, they just put blank ammunition in and there. This one was a revolver, so it had... It had bullets that look real so that looking at it, you would see bullets sticking out. If you don't know what a revolver looks like, they have a barrel and there's bullets. So it was to see the bullet, and then there was supposed to be a a fake one, like a cap buster deal or whatever. Yep. So um, one of those fake bullets somehow had been swapped into real bullets. And, and it's just fascinating because what, what what would real bullets have a place in on in a movie this? set? Anyways, yeah. there's so many things wrong with it. The fact that live rounds were even allowed on set, the the fact that Alec Baldwin did not practice any sort of basic gun safety and making sure that the gun he was going to operate and hold in his hands was safe to do so. Yeah, and he the, trusted and, someone else to well, say and, it was safe, and, yeah, that's, and, and then, that's how accidents happen. And then somebody somebody made a point on a video, and I forget who it was, but basically the individual who was hired the armorer for that mo- mo- that movie the person responsible for all that stuff was super inexperienced 
they, they didn't spend a whole lot of money or budget a whole lot. If you're going to have a movie that deals with a lot of firearms and explosions or whatever the case may be, you may want to spend a little extra to ensure that the armor and the people responsible for that are experienced and know what they're doing. Otherwise, you have these these tragic accidents where someone loses their life, and it's I don't think any movie is worth someone's life. No. And if you also want to get down a conspiracy theory lane, oh, here we go. You can go research uh, who this um, unfortunate murder vi- or, uh, victim murder may not be. Well, it's homicide for sure. Homicide, manslaughter, whatever. It is homicide. Homicide is when someone dies not by hands of natural causes. That's that's so 100% homicide. Uh, you can go see who she's married to. That's pretty fascinating. Oh, that's not good. <clears throat> pretty fascinating read. Oh, that? No. no. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, so the rut stuff, we did the Heaven Hill stuff. We don't have a whole lot of updates for the company. It's This would be, this is the week of Veterans Day, so this week we will be at uh, Cigars on Maybank. Yep. I don't know, my brain doesn't. Cigars on Maybank, pizza. We'll Cigars on Maybank, Zeppelin Pizza will be supplying the pizza. There will be a donation box for WLS per use. And then we are supplying the cigars through Simply Smoke, Simply Stogies. Yep. We're going to film all of it, get some pictures out, and then make all of our cigar content that we have coming and, and some talkovers on it. Yep. Outside of that, there's not a whole lot going on. Orders are picking up. I do have a FYI for the orders. We're The price increases have happened already for shipping. Depending on when you buy from us, the shipping rates haven't changed. Sometimes they may have. We're also probably going to do some kind of free shipping through the last week in November until because December 1st is it's game on. Yeah, we need to make we need to probably sit, look at this, look at orders from last year and start to keep an eye on shipping and have yeah. a cutoff date that we can start pumping out to make sure if you if you want something by Christmas, you need to have it ordered by said date. We need to figure out what that is and share it with folks. We ship within 24 hours always. However, the We'll let you know as and this isn't just for buying from us, just from your Christmas shopping. We'll start letting you know when things are taking a day. Look, because I noticed last year it was like you could put it in at the post office and it would ring scan as delivered. And this yeah. is and this is when we started getting hate mail because people were like, it just shows you dropped it off. It's not shipped, and it's like, well, that's all any, we can do. Anybody with a brain should realize dropped off means it's out of my hands. Yeah, I've brought it to the place who's yeah. going to get it to you. That's all we can. That's honestly that's all, that's we, can all do. we can do. Once once we drop it off to the United States Postal Service, yeah, or whoever we're well, well, whoever we're shipping with, depending on what you what you choose to pay for, uh, it's that's that's it. That's all we can do. But they have these huge <clears throat> baskets that they put stuff in. So as those start to back up, it just gets worse. And so the trucks can only move, and it's going to be even worse this year. Yeah, because you know what I just thought of is how many postal workers are going to choose not to meet that November eighth, December eighth deadlines, and the truck. Drivers. There are more truck drivers choosing to not get the vaccine than there are um, probably any other. I mean, I wouldn't. You could, don't. Yeah, don't factor. Those Order people. now, folks. <laughs> Christmas is going to be a mess. It's, it's going to be a huge it's mess. Be wild. I'm going to go ahead and say if you don't have your whatever you're buying for Christmas, if not just from us, just period. If you don't have your order in by December 8th, let's see what that Friday is. And this is coming from people that are I, that spent all yeah. I give yourself a 3 week December 7th. If you yep. don't December 7th is a Friday. If you don't have your Christmas stuff ordered by December 7th. Wait, what, nope, that's, what is that's January. Jesus. There you go. December 10th. 
If you don't have it ordered by December 10th, because if you order December 11th, 12th, you're not going to be backed up through the 13th. They won't ship till the 14th. Yeah, no later than the 10th. Give yourself two weeks. And it won't weeks. even get out till that Monday, and it will not be there by Christmas. So, yeah, December 10th, whatever you're buying, unless it's like Amazon and they promise 24-hour delivery. But I can tell you just from Etsy, all the stuff that we're involved in, that's how long it's going to start taking. It'll yep. take every bit of two weeks or 10 working days. So make, make sure, sure you do that. All right. What else um, we had? Oh, the giveaway. So we are going to do what? Oh, yeah. Nothing. I said, oh, yeah. Oh, you got to go. Yeah, I do. School's not too far from here. So. We'll do this real quick. <laughs> the giveaway is we're going to do, we believe, I've ordered one to experiment, but the giveaway, we're going to do a cocktail kit, like a roll-up real nice cocktail kit that we'll throw a smoker block in. And we're going to either do one a week in December or. Should we start Black Friday so that we're not finishing it the week of things or the week of yeah. Christmas? Yeah, we and might. someone hoping to get it for, as, a, as a present? Yeah, we might. Just we'll not just a then. thought. Um, we're going to do it there. And then we're going to do, we're going to hide it in episodes. You won't be able to find it. Unless you're a Patreon member, I'm going to give you a tip. So Patreon gets a, t- a heads up start. These are. The kits are a hundred bucks, and then we're probably going to put eighty dollars of the stuff in it. So, yeah, so it's be almost two hundred dollar price back each time. And I think that's all we got. Gus got to go. I got to go to. I got to go film some stuff tonight for a client. So, thanks for joining. Well, hold on, say bye. Bye. Thanks for coming. Signing off. Yeah, this evening. Thank you for joining us this week on Whiskey and White Tail Family News. We'll catch you next week for another bright-eyed, bushy-tailed episode about whiskey and whitetails. Keep sipping and quit bitching. Hit, hit the button. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.